Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for utterance by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for an opening of our eyes. We thank you, Lord God, that the entrance of your word gives light. We receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn in your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look at a set of scriptures today. How that there is only one body of Christ. And if you're a born again believer, you have been delivered from darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. And in the scriptures, we're going to look at how that the Lord through the apostle Paul compares the body of Christ to the human body. And I believe that that is an awesome comparison because in fact, you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made by our creator. It is a perfect type, if you will, of the body of Christ. Now notice in 1 Corinthians 12, for as the body is one and has got many members, and all the members of that one body being many, and are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we've been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Of course it is. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore of the body naturally? If the whole body were an eye, where were the smelling? Were the, were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God has sent the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased your mother. As it has pleased a committee. As it has pleased President Obama. No, as it has pleased him. Now, the human body, if it was one big eye, how functional would that be? I mean, you could see, but you could never get to where you wanted to go because you got no feet. If the human body was one big ear, you could hear, but you could never see. You could never smell. It's not functional. The human body has many parts. Some you can see. Others you cannot see. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for those parts of the body that are functioning that I can't see. They're all necessary. They all have their function. They all have their place by God's grace. So this morning I want to talk to you about grace to you and grace in you. Grace for your place. There is an epidemic in the body of Christ of people that are looking for their place. You have seen pinball machines in arcades, have you not? Have you noticed that it is very difficult to follow that pinball? Why? Because it's bouncing from place to place. Going from here to there, 
never stabilizing, never settling down in one place. And unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians that are exactly the same way. It's sort of like follow the bouncing charismatic. I need a drum roll on that. But when you do follow the Lord, there is going to be a stability. There is going to be a consistency in your life. And it is not up to you to decide what part of the body you are. It is not up to you or me to decide what we are to do and where we are to function. And much of the body of Christ is doing that today. Now, my brothers and sisters, if you are a decent nose in the body of Christ, come on now. Or let's put it this way. If you're a decent ear in the body of Christ, you'll never make a decent nose. You can take smelling lessons. You can put on nose makeup. But you're still an ear. And if you're a finger in the body of Christ, you'll never make a decent toe. You can join toe clubs. You can go online and you can join a toe chat room. You can dress dress up like a toe. You can take classes on how to be a toe. You can get a PhD in toeology. But if you are the finger, you are the finger, and you will never be a toe. So what are you saying, Pastor Mark? I'm saying glory in being a finger. Appreciate your brothers and sisters that are toes. It's great. It's wonderful. But don't compare yourself with them. You're a finger. Be the best finger you can possibly be. Accept who you are. Rejoice in God's choice. Say that three times with me. Rejoice in God's choice. Rejoice in God's choice. Rejoice in God's choice. There's a place of grace for you. It is a wealthy place. I say by the word of the Lord to many of you today, find it. Fulfill it and finish it. Don't frustrate yourself by trying to be and to do something you are just not fit to do. Discover your graces. And what I want to paint a picture to the church in the next couple of weeks is this. Is every one of us have been given graces. Every one of us have abilities in certain areas. You know, as you look at the word grace and you define the word grace, we find out that it means favor. It means to be kind. It is the picture of a superior stooping over and showing kindness and love to an inferior. You see, outside of the covenant, we were inferior. But Jesus came, left his home from heaven, stooped down and became a man that you might be made in the image and likeness of your father. 
So there's grace that is to you. Amen. Amen. For by grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Grace to you. For by grace are you healed through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. For by grace are you filled with the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. It's the gift of God. It's not of yourselves. You didn't work for it. You didn't merit it. You did not earn it. But it was God's gift of grace to you. Now, another definition on the other side of the coin is grace is divine influence. It is the influence of a super God upon our natural being. It is his super coming into contact with your natural, making you a supernatural being created in the God class, which enables you to be and to do everything the commander in chief has called you to do. It's a divine influence from heaven. So there is grace to you, but then there is also grace in you. The grace to you is a gift. The grace in you is a deposit. And it is deposited on the inside of every man, woman, boy, or girl. Some from before birth, some at birth, others at the new birth, more added at the infilling of the Holy Spirit. A divine grace, abilities deposited in you. And as you are faithful to steward this gift of grace, these abilities that God has so freely given you, as you are faithful, oftentimes more will be added to you. To where you get to a point where the grace of God that is in you is over into the overflow arena. And then, glory to God, you are a person that God has entrusted with more responsibility. Because in fact, you have been faithful to the grace that he's given you. He is not going to pour more grace out on people that are not faithful. It is a faithful person that shall abound with the blessings of God. God is watching our lives. God is watching how you conduct yourself in the house of God. God is listening to the words that you speak about the house of God. He is attentive unto the words of our mouth. He sees our actions and he knows our heart. He has placed a dispensation of the grace of God on the inside of you, not to lie dormant, but to come into full manifestation in this day and in this hour. And there are several of you that need to hear this message. There are many of you that need to discover your gifts of grace. And I'm going to help you do that next week. I'm going to give you some questions to ask yourself that will help you discover the abilities that God has given you. Oh, man, you're graced. Say what? Yeah, I said you're graced. You're graced by the God of all grace. And you and I 
According to Peter, we can grow in grace and in the knowledge of God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, my brothers and sisters, we're not talking about something that is flippant, something that is not important. This is important to the Lord of glory. Amen. 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 So say it with me. The grace of God God is in me. me. The grace of God has been given to me. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 4, if you would. And I want us to look at verses 4 through 7. Ephesians chapter 4. How many of you are believing with me today? Stay hooked. Stay open. Stay receptive. There's some things here that God's got for you. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 4. There's one body, one spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling. Verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now notice verse 7, and I want you to read with me. Please read. But unto every one of us is given grace, according to the measure of the gift of... Unto how many? How many? Has God put grace in you? Now I value and esteem the grace that is in you. You have grace for a specific area in your life. And it enables you to be a supernatural part of the body of Christ. And my dear brother and sister, don't argue with God about it. Well, I don't feel like I have grace. The last church I went to didn't recognize my grace. Leave all that junk behind. Listen, your gift of grace is going to make room for you. You will not have to advertise your so-and-so or so-and-so or so-and-so. The gift of grace will be shown by the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in your life. And I know I'm preaching good now. Don't argue with God. Well, I don't feel like I've got grace. What does feeling have to do with it? Pastor Tom didn't feel like getting up at 5.30 this morning to get ready for the service. But he's been, he's been given a dispensation of grace. He's been given a stewardship of grace. Woe be unto the man. Woe be unto the woman that does not dispense what God has placed on the inside of him. Well, (laughs) Moses said, no, I can't do it. I can't go. I can't do it. God said, stop it, Moses. You tell him that I am, that I am is on your side and I am all you'll ever need. Any more questions? Oh, oh, my, 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 my. I am saying today that some of you need to lay aside your wounds and be healed. And get back in the game. Get off of the sidelines. I'm sorry if you've been hurt. I'm sorry if someone is hurting you. But I'm telling you what, nothing can stop the grace of God on you and in you. 
And then there's others that you haven't done so much with the grace of God. You know what God's called you to do, but you just haven't done much with it. And you've gotten to a place where you said, well, so much time has gone to pass. God could never use me. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. What God is looking for is people to make some adjustments and to repent. And to say, Lord, I haven't done what you told me to do. But this day is a new day. This is the day the Lord has made. And I, by the grace of God, am going to see restoration happen in my life. Friend, he can turn the table on lost time. He can restore to you the years that the canker worm has ripped you off of. And he says, well, I'm, I'm 60 years old. Well, you're mid-aged. Don't you dare count me out when I'm 80. I'm still going to be preaching the word of God. I'm still going to be doing the will of God. You're never too old, too old to bring forth fruit in the house of God. And I've heard this same thing over and over and over again to where it almost makes you nauseous. Yeah, but they don't recognize my gift. No one has got to recognize your gift. You just put your hand to the plow. You just be a doer of the word of the living God and let God promote you. Promotion doesn't come from a pastor. Promotion doesn't come from a bishop. Promotion comes from the head of the church. And brother Jimmy, I've discovered that cream always rises to the top. You don't have to advertise your cream. Just get in there and just rise. Let God promote you. Let... God can restore what's been stolen. And I hear the word of the Lord saying, He that has begun a good work in you, He will perform it. He will complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. You know the apostle Paul was an awesome guy. And he was fully conscious of what God had placed on the inside of him. He was fully conscious. Ephesians 3 verse 1 says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. I want you to notice that phrase, for you Gentiles. So Paul was given grace for the Gentiles. Paul was motivated, he was fitted, and he was equipped to bring the truth to the Gentiles. Just like Peter was motivated and fitted and equipped for the Jews, Paul was anointed for the Gentiles. You know, it pays rich dividends to follow the anointing. And you can't anoint yourself? Well, I'm going to start a work in San Francisco. I'm God's gift for San Francisco. I've heard that once. I've heard it a thousand times. And they're not there no more. You can't anoint yourself. You can't appoint yourself. It's got to be God ordained. 
He's going to bring you and me into a wealthy place, into a wealthier place. And he's going to bring us on up several degrees. Verse 2 of Ephesians 3. Here's what I want you to see. If you have heard, now notice this word dispensation. The word dispensation, you get the word dispense from, right? The word dispensation is the same Greek word for stewardship. And a steward is one who manages the affairs of others. This grace is not necessarily to bless you. It does bless you, but it really is to bless others. And Paul says, there has been given to me the stewardship, the dispensation of the grace of God. Now notice this last phrase, which is given me for you. Now listen very carefully. God's grace abilities on the inside of you will never operate at their full potential until someone around you is helped. God's grace, His dispensation, His assignment for you will never reach its full potential until someone around you gets edified, blessed, and helped. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the purpose of this dispensation of grace. Now take the word dispensation and... Break it down to dispense. I have a Pez dispenser with me this morning. I got it for Olivia, but I'm going to use it for an illustration. So you put the candy in. We used to think we were something else on the playground. Hey! Want some of my Pez, baby? (laughs) You put the candy in. God's put grace in. It's right here. It's on the inside of you. I'm dispensing the grace that he's given me right now. This is what I do best. This is what I'm called to do. This is what I live for right here, right now. It's a dispensation of the grace of God. He put it in you. He put it in me. And it's up to us to click the Pez. And out comes the grace of God. Some of you have had some candy stored up inside of you for years. What are you waiting on? You need to click the rabbit's ears. You need to check in and check up and say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? I'm here, Lord. I want to be a blessing. Don't you tell me you don't have a dispensation of grace. You got someone on the inside and he wants to arise 
through you. And he wants to be made manifest on the outside. He wants to encourage people through you. He wants to use you to bring mercy into people's lives. He wants you to give people Pentecostal handshakes with the gift of contribution. He wants you to be merciful in this day, in this hour. You got it on the inside. Stop waiting for someone to bless you and go out and start being a blessing. Because that's what you're born for. That's what we are born for. And so Paul is conscious. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, please. Grace upon grace. Layer upon layer. It's time to come up. Time to step up. Step in. Do what your hand finds to do. Get busy in the house of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 5 through 7. It says now, but we preach not ourselves. It ain't about us. But Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servant for Jesus sake. For God is the one who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. And he has shined in your heart and in my heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I want you to read verse 7, please. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Think about it. You and I are made of clay, made of the dust of the ground. Who is man that thou art mindful of him? Who is man? What is man that the God of all grace would breathe upon him and put his attributes on the inside? Not worthy in the natural but in Christ, we've made right with Him. Amen. So, pardon the expression, we're all mud pots. Some mud pots look better than not mud pots. But we all are mud pots. But God has put a treasure of His glory and of His grace on the inside of us. And the devil, my brothers and sisters, is a big, fat, defeated liar. And he seeks whom he may devour. And he starts to devalue God's grace in people when they're children. It starts when children go to school and they're and they're young and people around them are trying to convince them that they're dumb and that they're ugly and they just can't do anything oftentimes it happens on the playground sometimes it happens in the home by an insecure rejected full of baggage parent 
who was told the same things on that playground. And so people walk around with the sense of insecurity and the sense of not being anything or having anybody. Because after all, they're not as skinny as some of the Hollywood girls. They can't sing. I can't even think of some of the names. But they can't sing like so-and-so. Lady Gaga. Thank God they can't. They can't, they can't hit a home run like Barry Bonds did. They cannot go Air Jordan like Michael did. The society that is around us is full of demonic forces that people just want to beat you up all day long. And if you listen to that demon spirit, it'll bring you down. And that is why it's so important to get your babies in church. Start by getting yourself in church. And find out who you are in Christ. Find out what you have, what you possess, what you can do in Christ. And you yourself will have a rebirth of self-worth. And then your children can get the word of God. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. And it won't matter what the world has to say. Because they're not living by what the world has to say. They're living by what the Word has to say. And they found out that His Word is true. And that they don't like have to be like this person or that person. Because their goal in life is to be Christ-like. We got a treasure, saints. It's in an earthen vessel. I submit to you today that you are a child of God. That you are graced of God, blessed of God, with great importance to Him and His body. Look with me now to Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified. This grace is your God-ordained place. Say this with me. me. Grace to me. His grace is in me. And it's bringing me in. To my wealthy place. To my God-ordained place. Saints, don't you know that being in the right place at the right time with the right heart is important to God? Don't you know that being in your wealthy place is important to Him? If that is so and that is true, wouldn't the devil seek to try to keep you out? And then once you're in your wealthy place, try to get you out. And he'll do that in the local church. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect pastor. Ask Brenda. And he will seek to get you out of your place. Now, it's one thing if God leads you out of your place. But don't let man lead you out. Don't let offense lead you out. Don't let wrong thinking lead you out. you got to be led by the Spirit. Amen. That's right. Amen. Yes, it is a good word. If He seeks 
to keep you out in the first place, how much more will he try to get you out once you're in? And it's an epidemic, not only in the Bay Area, but all over the United States. Follow the bouncing charismatic. From church to church, from revelation to revelation, grow up. Grow up. Be a person of integrity. Yeah, but there are things that just aren't right. Well, why don't you be a part of the answer and make it right? Anyway, let's move on. And I'm speaking in generalities. I'm not speaking to to people or persons today. I'm speaking broadly. Because this is something that displeases God. Stay in your place. Stay in your place. Stay in your grace. Don't allow yourself to be moved from your wealthy place. Ephesians 2.10. In the Amplified. Are you here? Verse 10 in the Amplified. Ready, read. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. Recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew. That we may do those good works which God predestined, planning beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Every one of us, including Pastor Mark, Pastor Brenda, every one of us are called to do good works. And it is a good life. It is an awesome life. When you find your place and you are functioning in your place and you are a blessing in that place. Can you handle more? Now, you know, I know I'm a little bold today, but, you know, just that's, that's how I'm built. This is a dispensation of grace. And I want to make it plain and I want to make it simple. But I don't, and you don't. And we should never assume our place by our own choice. It is at the choosing of God. It is not at the choosing of man. Your God-ordained place is a place where you fit. It is a place where you flourish. It is a place... Where you are grace to be. It's a wealthy place. Millions of people die. Or live and die. And never discover the gifts of grace. Much less develop them. The word of the Lord is. Is stop ignoring God. It's not a mystery. God will show you. Where you fit. Be part of the body that you are ordained to fulfill. Look with me to Hebrews chapter 5. Are you getting anything today? Hebrews the 5th chapter. Listen very carefully these next few moments. 
This is talking about the master's ministry. And it's talking about his place as the high priest. And the scripture says in Hebrews 5 verse 4 and 5. That no man takes this honor unto himself. But he that is called of God as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. But he said unto him, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Are you listening? Christ did not position himself to be a high priest. It was God ordained. He was called of God. And so I can't and you can't, cannot take a place to ourselves. And it's wrong for me and it's wrong for you to try to convince others that I am this or I am that. Look at John 3, 27. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 3, 27 says it like this. A man can receive nothing except it, what? Except it be given from heaven. See, we can only take by faith what's been given by grace. I can't lay hold of the office of a prophet just because I may want to be one. If it's not God ordained for Mark Thomas to be a prophet, I can stand up all day long and confess I'm a prophet. But that no more will make me a prophet than I'm an astronaut. Are you listening to me? You cannot lay hold with your faith what is only God ordained by God's grace. I hope I'm being clear today. Every one of us have grace in us. On the inside. Something of a deposit of the Spirit of God. Now listen very carefully. If Jesus didn't make His own way, And if he was called forever as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, it had to be at the choosing of God. It could not be by his own choice. And I'm saying to you today, trust God to place you. Trust God to place you. That if you will just bear fruit where you're at. And I think one of the greatest fruits that needs to be developed in all of our lives is the fruit of faithfulness. Amen. You know, if you're faithful in the little things, God will make you ruler over many. If you're faithful in which is another man's, oftentimes he'll give you your own. I said, if you're faithful in that which is another man's, Many times he'll give you your own. How many of you work in a business that's not your own? Well, it's another man's. You don't go into that business and rearrange how they do business. You don't come into Pastor Tom's home this afternoon and say, you know what? I don't like the couch there, PT. Let's put it over there. 
That's another man's house. It may not need to be there, but it's not you to make the call where it needs to be. So what does God want us to do as employees and employers? When we work for another man, we come under that other man's way of doing things. Are you listening to me? And if the other man is wise and the other man is smart, he'll listen to his employees. He'll answer questions. That's good. That's fine. But ultimately, someone has got to make the decision. And if we get into this situation where we're pouting and complaining and moaning and groaning about what another man's thing is, we disposition ourselves for increase and for promotion. I can think of an illustration I think that'll help. How many of you know Dad Hagen? He's my spiritual daddy. Dad Hagen's in heaven. But he's still my spiritual dad. Just like my natural father, John L. Thomas, is in heaven. He's my natural dad. But Kenneth E. Hagin is my spiritual papa. We called him dad. Amen? There's other people that walk closely with Brother Hagin, one by the name of Keith Moore. And for many, many years, the Moores served the Hagins. They pressed his clothes. They drove him from here to there. They were faithful in what is another man's. Now the Moors, they're from the South. And how many of you know they have tomatoes in the South? And they have okra in the South. And if you're a good Southern girl, you know how to make that okra. And you know how to fry up them green tomatoes now. So one day they're in Brother Higgins' uh, kitchen. And Phyllis is going there over there to slice up some tomatoes. Brother Hagin walks in the kitchen. He says, you don't slice tomatoes like that. He says, here's how you do it. It's his kitchen. It's his knife. She knew how to slice tomatoes. But she said, yes, Dad, I'll do it just like you want it. Are you listening to me? You don't go into someone else's. And all of a sudden, try to rearrange everything. There may be some things that aren't right in that kitchen. There may be some things that need some changing in that corporation. There may be some things that need changing in this church. In this local church. But it is not your place to criticize and to judge and to put yourself in a position in another man's. In a sense, this is where God has called us all together. Amen? Amen. Everyone say all together. But anything's got to have a head. And I are the head. Under the chief head. And I'm open to change. And I'm open to suggestions. And I'm open to questions. But I'm not open to a wrong spirit. Are you listening to me? 
there's a difference between saying how you say things is very important. It must be by the Spirit of Christ and by the Spirit of love. How do we get off on that? But it's good stuff. Now we're going to make some changes in this house. And we're going to do it by the direction of the head of the church. And it's okay to ask questions. That's all right. But ultimately, once it goes a certain way, if it doesn't line up with the way that you want it to go, you just got to submit. You just got to submit. You got to say, well, you know, pastor, I don't necessarily agree with everything, but I'm not going to be disagreeable about it. I'm going to be loving about it. I'm, I'm sensing an anointing here. These are things that are in the realm of grace and in the realm of submission and authority. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't walk around calling myself a bishop, Amen. but I am one. That's right. That's right. And I have been one for years. Amen. Biblically, I am a bishop. Amen. Biblically, I am an overseer, and that's what a bishop is. I don't necessarily roll like other denominations roll in the arena of bishops and so forth and so on. But I don't criticize them. Each denomination, every person has got to do what they've been called to do. And as a person of God... Let's just take a can, for example. You can put a four-colored label on a can. Amen? But if that can don't have anything on the inside of it, it's still a can. You can call yourself this. You can call yourself that. But the proof of the pudding... My brothers and sisters, it's not what you say, it's what you do. It's not what you call yourself, it's how you conduct yourself. It's how you live in the kingdom of God. And so, positions are not about prestige. They're not about prestige. Positions are simply stations of service. A person that is graced by God. Here's their job description. Love people, love God, and help people. Are you turned off at some ministry things? Well, how many people are you running? How many people you got in your church? Is that some sort of a success thing? How many people are you running? I'm running as many people as I can. How big are your offerings? They're as big as they can be. There's no big eyes and little me's. Well, what are you called to do? What do you do? I'm a Lord lover. And I'm a people helper. Try that on for size. I'm a Lord lover. 
and I'm a people helper. I'd a whole lot rather have something in the can and the can be not looking so good on the outside than dress up the can and have nothing on the inside. Woo, glory to God. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. We're going to go into the extra zone. You all ready? Romans the 12th chapter. Listen, folks, I have prepared for this all week long. This is what I do. Amen. Amen. Romans, the 12th chapter, the third verse. Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So we need to be sober about the way we think about ourselves. According as God has dealt to every man, what? The measure of faith. So this is saying, don't go beyond what is true. Notice with me verses 4 through 6. And this is where we'll take up next Sunday. And let me say this, that the gifts of grace are according to God's grace. And the grace gift will operate according to your faith. In verse 4 it says, For as many have, as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being made many are one body where? And every one members one of another. Read verse 6 with me. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Let's just stop right there. How many of you know that all people of God filled with the Spirit ought to be able to prophesy? But not all are on the same level to prophesy. Amen. Some people are called to prophesy at different levels. Some in the church, some to the nation. But all of the gifts that God gives you, they operate according to your faith. The gifts that He's placed in you have got to be cultivated and developed. Now, you've all seen athletes. Athletes that didn't reach their full potential of their athleticism. They were talented and they were gifted, but they didn't go in the weight room. They didn't do in the summer what they need to do in the summer to be on top in the winter. And it's the same with the gifts of grace. Your talent will only take you so far. But it is a consistency. It is a development. It is a training that will bring you into a wealthier place where you are flowing at your full optimum in God's grace. And that's what I want for my life. I'm not going to let anybody stop me. I'm not going to let any circumstance stop me. I am on assignment. I'm going to dispense God's grace for the glory of God until I breathe my last breath. How about you? Verse 6 through 8, and we'll close. Verse 6 through 8, you probably see in the King James Version, it says, Having gifts, faculties, and talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given to us. Let's use them. He whose gift is prophesy, prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Verse 7, amplified. He whose gift is practical service, let him give himself to serving. He who teaches, 
to his teaching. He that exhorts on exhortation. He that gives, let him do it with simplicity. There ought to be more Pentecostal handshakes happening in the church. To one another. He that ruleth, do it diligently. And he that showeth mercy, let him show mercy. Now I want to pay particular attention to that statement, practical service. Practical service. You all have glands in your body that are practically doing a work for your body. You know, if you got a call from your liver at 6 a.m. this morning, and your liver says, okay, I'm taking the year off, Mark. I've been working hard. This, I've been working hard for the money, brother. I, I do not want to function in your life any longer. That would not be a good call. And yet there's believers all over the globe, not just here. But all over the globe. Well, I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to sit home, watch television and get fed that way. You cannot get in front of the internet. You cannot get in front of the television what you can get in a local assembly. What that is, is a supplement to your faith. Just like you take... Man, we're flowing today. Just like you take supplements for your physical body, it's good to take supplements of seminars and internet and all that stuff. That's great and that's awesome. But every one of you have a station where you're fed. You have a station where you serve. If it's not here, find out where it is and get busy for the kingdom of God. If you got it, listen. Brother Jimmy, stand up. Minister Richardson, stand up. This brother can not only preach, but this brother can exhort like no one I've ever seen exhort. If you go to Brother Jimmy's home, or if you talk to Brother Jimmy after service, he's not going to just exhort you. He's going to go beyond the exhortation into hyper-exhortation and make sure that you've been exhorted good before you leave his presence. And that's a gift of God. And I think in this church, we need to bump it up several degrees. Like I spoke on last week, we need to be more gracious one with one another. More loving with one another. Not just as, how you doing? Bless, bye. How you doing, brother? Bless, don't say that to me, I'm blessed. I say, God bless you, you do. I'm already blessed. Mm -hmm. That's a bunch of flippant, charismatic, obligobly. Come on, let's get real in the house of God. Let's love one another. Let's come up several notches. You're called to exhort, bless God, be the best exhorter you possibly can. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you are called to be millionaires. Amen. Show me the money. Amen. <laughs> Some of you are called to be millionaires in this place. Some of you are anointed, so anointed by God, by the grace of God. It's time for you to start dispensing some of it. There are people that are anointed to make money. 
anointed to make money and there ain't nothing wrong with money. If money don't have you and you have money, you can dispense money for the advancement of the kingdom of God and you'll be blessed beyond measure. Others of you, you're especially gift with mercy. You got a mercy gift. You see homeless people and it makes you want to cry. You stop your car and you cook them a meal and you hand it to them. You're just blessed with mercy. You're, you're called. You're, every one of us as Christians need to be merciful. But there are some people that just, I mean, they ooze with it. And I'm not talking about sloppy agape. I'm not going about talking about sloppy mercy. I'm talking about the real thing. You know what I'm saying? Just the mercy of God just so strong in you and all over you. Man, be merciful. If that's what you're called to do, go for it. Do it with all your heart. Let's love one another in this church. I'm working on my love walk. How about you? Working on the love walk is a lifetime proposition. And saints, I just want to say this. I want to say it as loving as I possibly can. I love you. I'm your pastor. I'm going to be at the back door as much as I possibly can be. But you need to give me a break. You need to give me a break. I can't get into a lot of deep, intimate, relational connections at the back door. I'd like to. I'd love to. But I can't. It's not possible. And there is a dispensation of energy that goes into what I do. Amen. It sure is. And I'm going to listen to the best degree that I possibly can. But I can't give you an hour counseling session at the back door. That's not what the local church is all about. I love you. I'll greet you. I pray for you daily. And there are things that we have in place here at Heart of the Bay that you can get spiritual guidance. You can be encouraged. So if my eyes glance off of your eyes, it's because someone else is pulling on my coattail. I don't mean to hurt anybody. That is not my heart to hurt anybody. I love you. But I am only a human being. With only so much grace and so much energy. Let's love one another. What do you say we discover our grace if we haven't? What do you say we fulfill it? And then let's get her done. Let's get her done. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Stand up. Give God the glory. Woo. There was something for everybody in the house today. (laughs) 